questions. History. Religion. Grace. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Rachel. Join us as we talk about our favorite TV shows and movies and point out grace. With some interesting twists and a little humor. You're listening to Who's Saying Grace. Welcome to Who's Saying Grace. We have a special guest today. This is my friend, Jen Barron. And Jen and I met through life coaching, actually, because we all know how much help Rachel needs. <laughs> so Jen was my life coach for three months, and it was absolutely amazing. So we're probably going to plug that a little bit at the end here. But um, we wanted to have Jen on during this series while we are watching Shit's Creek to um, sort of, again, another person that you can meet who is maybe having, I don't know how I want to say it, because we don't like the word lifestyle. Uh, we think that that's, I don't know, I kind of, that's my new thing from, I think it was Matt who was talking about that, mm-hmm. but um, who may just have a, a different, a different way of life, I guess. I don't know even how to say it. And maybe Jen, you can help us with that too, so that we can better our language skills in this. Um, but Jen, uh, I guess my first question I want to ask you is when did you come out? Because everybody's different and everybody has a different story with that. Yeah. Um, thank you both, Rachel and Sarah, for having me. It's a true honor. I I was just flattered. So thank you very much. Um, well, I grew up in Fargo, North Dakota, which relatively speaking, it's the largest city in the state, but still very, very small. And I hadn't really heard of or known like really what gay was. And I was born in 74. So I was growing up in like the mid eighties when the whole AIDS epidemic was going on. Mm. So I knew Mm. and had heard about gay men. And so there was definitely a connotation between AIDS and gayness, but Mm. I didn't really know I had never met anyone who was a lesbian or bisexual or anything like that. So that was a very new world to me. And like a lot of people, I, you know, I had a couple boyfriends in high school because that's what you do, but, Mm -hmm. you know, was never really attracted to another woman until fast forward to my early twenties when I moved away from Fargo and was living in Indianapolis, working in Plainfield at, um, at a restaurant there and really like met the first lesbian that I knew and just talked to her and just got to know her as a person. And she was super awesome, super cool. And we kind of started hanging out together. And then it was like, I started having feelings for her and I'm like, what is this? I had no idea. And I'm like, but it was nothing that I had ever felt towards a guy before, you know, granted, I mean, even to this day, there were plenty of attractive men out there, but I would never have a relationship with them, would never want to be intimate with them or anything like that. But that was the first time that I ever felt a physical attraction towards somebody. So that was new. And it really like hit me like a tsunami. I didn't know what to do Mm. with any of that. So it was, and and I was new to the city. So I didn't really have a lot of friends. Um, I didn't know who the heck to talk to any of, of that about. So it was really very much an internal Mm -hmm. struggle and, um, and really, really lonely. Um, Mm. but she turned out to be the first woman that I dated. And then I knew as we, you know, went to different lesbian bars and stuff, there was, there was a, oh, this feels comfortable. This feels Mm. like me. I feel like I can be myself here. And, and it was just different than what I had ever known. Um, and I was terrified of what my family would think 
Um, you know, my dad may have said some things while watching the news when there was a story about AIDS or something like that. Um, but there wasn't any like outward homophobia or anything like that, mm. but there was just like this, this internal, like, I don't know how this is going to be received. Um, and so there, I came out in a very like backward kind of way. Like I remember when I told my sister and brother-in-law, it was more like, yeah, I just don't think there are really any guys in Indianapolis for me, you know? So it was very, okay. And how is this going to be perceived kind of a thing? So, um, but no one in my family had any kind of problem with it. It was very, you know, received with kindness and stuff, but it's really freaking scary. I mean, it it just is no matter what kind of relationship you have, you just don't know how that kind of news is going to be perceived mm -hmm. because we're pack animals. We don't want to be kicked out of our pack. And mm -hmm. that is something that we have all heard of and maybe witnessed someone else getting kicked out of their pack about. So I'm truly mm -hmm. grateful that that wasn't my experience, but until you actually say it and do it, you don't know how that's going to go. So well, that's kind of my coming out story, not terribly mm -hmm. like, you know, in any real direction, you know, wasn't terrifying, wasn't you know, super awesome. It was kind of like, I'm like, oh, I think I'm gay. And even to this day, I, 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 it's like, I don't see myself as that. I'm just who mm. I am. You know, it's like my mm. person is my wife, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but it's like, I don't really see myself. I don't see other people as, oh, they're straight or, oh, they're gay or, oh, they're whatever. It's like, I'm just me, you know, I'm just me with, without that label. So I love that. I do too. And I think that's where I struggle. That's really cool. Trying to, even the beginning, <laughs> there's a kid, um, introducing, you know, it's like, I, it's awkward to say, because I don't think that way either in, yeah. Certain, so it's like, I was like struggling with my words going, uh, this is Jen. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. With, but because of the topic, obviously we're wanting people to understand and hear other people's stories and to connect. And I don't know if you're people listening right now, like immediately your, your story just brought me right in for going, wow, we hear so many people going, they like knew right away when they were in elementary school, maybe kindergarten or for, like things were different or, you know, and so I find that, you know, really cool that, you know, you got here and then you were like, ah, so did you have, when you were in, you know, elementary school, middle school, did, were those like, did you feel like I'm not me? Did you notice that? Or did you only notice it once you did feel, oh, this is, I feel good. This is, this is feeling right. Um, I don't know that I really had a whole lot of self-awareness per se, because I grew up in an alcoholic home. And so the focus was really, my focus was really on my parents and on, you know, what they were doing and what I needed to do to be okay. My mom also had Huntington's disease. And so, mm. you know, that was going on and I was just kind of like trying to survive like mm. my happiness, my, you know, sexuality or anything that didn't even, that was of no concern to me. You know, I, it mm. just, it wasn't even on the radar in any way, shape or form. And it would be it would have been interesting. I've thought about this a couple of times that if I would have known someone who was gay, how would that have changed any trajectory? You know, obviously I wouldn't want anything mm -hmm. to be any different than it is, but I often wonder about that. You know, representation mm -hmm. is everything, you know, when you see, you know, now we have the first woman vice president, you know, so it's like, then that becomes mm -hmm. optional for other, you know, girls and stuff. So it's like, I didn't see that. And so I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, so does that answer your question? I feel like it kind yeah, of got yeah. off there. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I think that okay. makes a lot of sense. Okay. But it, but it is, yeah. It's like, cause so it, I love how it's just like, again, talking about this topic, I know we need to, 
but it feels like just kind of like, well, it's just, everybody has a story and everybody. It's just normal. I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to do is normalize it because um, we often talk about like in my community, it, it, it's still very much feared. It's abnormal. Like it's just not normal for people. Yeah. And, yeah. and we want to normalize it to some, you know, to some degree, how do we do that? What are the terminology we use? So we do have to talk about it and, you know, yeah. not to offend anyone. Cause we're probably going to say the wrong words or say the wrong things. Um, but anyway, I love that you had an, that you were able to understand who you were in a very self-aware way. So young, I mean, that's really interesting to me because I want to say, even with most, I don't know the specific statistics, but, or I would bet even some people go through their whole lives, never even really being comfortable anywhere inside themselves or, you know, just being comfortable. So that's a pretty cool realization in itself just for you to have the self-awareness or the awareness to say oh I feel comfortable here that's really cool I don't know of anyone at that age that would be able to say that even in a heterosexual marriage a mother with children um you know any thinking of just different relationships of all kinds like to be able to say to yourself Oh, this makes me feel very comfortable. So I like that. Maybe we should do that more. So hopefully everybody out there listening, like think about that, sit somewhere and think to yourself, am I comfortable? Who am I? Like, am I comfortable in this place, in this setting where I'm at? Cause you could be 60 years old and have never asked yourself that. Yeah. So I think that's even a deeper message here is to become self-aware enough to be able to say, I like me. I I'm happy where I'm at. I'm very comfortable. I'm very peaceful. So I think that would help a lot of people figure out who they are even earlier. So I love it. And I, I love that you guys are having these conversations and I, I think that is the most important thing, not if you get a word wrong, or if you offend somebody, the fact that you are wanting to have these conversations as, as to women who aren't gay, I think it's amazing. So Mm -hmm. don't, you know, don't stop doing it. Don't worry about the words. Don't worry, you know, ask for clarification, ask, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, but, but just don't stop having the conversation. And I think a lot of it. So like my wife, she, um, she knew pretty young. She was like 10 or 12 when she knew. Um, and I think generationally, like someone who, you know, is in their seventies, you know, will have a very different story than like someone who is like 10 or 11 or 12. Now, you know, things have changed so dramatically in, what is acceptable, what isn't acceptable. And so, um, you know, it just, it, it's so beautiful and awesome to see kids who are understanding that, figuring that out, or even asking themselves the questions, you know, Mm -hmm. being able to, to have those questions and to be curious about it, where, Mm -hmm. you know, a generation older or too older, you know, they either didn't or they weren't okay being curious about things. So it's, you know, uh, we've really come a long way in a very Mm -hmm. short time period, I think. And I think a lot of that for me, or I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, that same-sex marriage became legal in 2014. You know, I think Mm. I did not realize how much of an impact that would have on me until it happened you know, Mm. that whole, oh, it's just a piece of paper. That is the biggest piece of baloney. I will keep it so clean right now. That is the biggest (laughs) piece of baloney that I have ever heard. It's not true. It is not just a piece of paper. It's a piece. It's just a piece of paper who just to someone who can just go get it. It's not just a piece of paper to somebody who has been told that they can't because of who they love. And, 
how much different I felt about myself after we were able to legally marry was a mm -hmm. night and day difference. How I felt about myself was so different. And I think that had to have been a catalyst for other people and how they see themselves. Because if something that you want, something mm. that you need, that you want is deemed illegal or immoral, I mean, how do you think you're going to feel mm. about yourself? Even if you are, gotcha. you know, even if you have self-love, even if, you know, you're in therapy or you're doing the thing, you're still socialized. Mm. You're still swimming in this stew that is telling you that who you are is at your nature wrong. I mean, Jimmy, that's, Christmas tree. Yeah, that's it. That's that, at, you know, how we said in the beginning before we hit record, we were talking about politics and, and, and religion. And I think right now the stuff you're saying, I know Sarah's loving this because we've been asking people, what's your definition of marriage? And, you mm -hmm. know, I love hearing your perspective because for us, we're like, who cares? Like who wants to get it's just like, a piece of paper people. And we say it, yeah, so we go, it doesn't make you more committed to a person. It doesn't mm -hmm. get you, it used to get you a lot more rights than it did. So mm -hmm. that part I understand, but now, you know, Sarah's in healthcare and you can be like, well, I'm this person's spouse. And they're like, okay, we don't care. You still have to have power of attorney, you know? So it's like, I think that's what happened is that religion get so mucked up in it with the legalities of stuff. And it is jerky mm -hmm. that nobody, that not everybody can just go get, I agree with that part. So it makes me go the opposite way of going, then nobody should have it because it's dumb. <laughs> and it's like, you just, I love yeah. that. And so I think before Sarah, I know you have questions, but what's your definition, what would your definition of marriage yeah. be? That's good. We have a struggle with it. So <laughs> yeah. What is my definition of marriage? better? Why did tell us more about why did you want to get married? I just find it so fascinating. Like you have completely given me this mind blowing thing to think about now. So, um, so, <laughs> so tell us more about why you wanted to get married, what it meant to you. Oh my gosh. It meant everything. I mean, to be able, I I will still get very emotional about it. And so my wife and I, we've been together 23 years, married okay. since 2014. So we've been together for a minute. But my favorite thing in the world is to introduce her and say, this is my wife. I mean, there okay. is such a, hmm. there is such, it feels empowering to be able to like, this is my person, person, this is my person that, you know, knock on wood and, you know, hopefully we will be together until the day I die until, you know, whatever, but it just, it meant something so huge. And maybe it's because we didn't know if we ever could, but for me, it is, it's such a sign of commitment. It's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, this is really making me think. I love that. Um, but it, it's, it's just, it, it's it the, did. <laughs> who, who is your ride or die? Who is your, and mm. it doesn't have to be your spouse by any stretch of the imagination, but for me, it is. And it's just, mm you know, I know no one can see me, but it's like, that's just your person, you know, mm -hmm. that's just, that's just your person. So it, 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 it is something that is sacred to me. And like I said, maybe because I didn't know if, if it would ever happen. And then when it mm -hmm. was able to happen, you know, we both saw on the news that it happened. I went to exactly where she was. We got in the car and we drove down to the city wow. county building. That day, we waited in the happiest four hour long line. And it was, wow. there was so much joy. And 
there was also so much angst because we didn't know if it would last. You know, mm. the then governor Pence, you know, was doing everything in his power to stop it. And I didn't have, so we had recently moved and I didn't have an updated um, form of ID with my address on it. And so mm. I was stressed out so bad because I thought I would have to drive home. I would never make it back in time, you know, gave myself a migraine trying to process all of it. Um, but yeah, we're like, we are going down, we are doing this. And even if it lasts for a day and then, you know, he puts it in a stay, then so be it. But we are going mm. to do this. Could you have gotten married? It's crazy. Side of like the other states were before, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you ever consider going to a different state to do it? Can you do that? What's, I don't even know the legality. Yeah, you you definitely yeah, could. You and a lot of people did. But mm -hmm. I didn't want to because then it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have made any kind of legal difference here in this state. Got and it. we did, we did a commitment ceremony in um, 2005. And so okay. we did that, but, hmm. and that was special and stuff, but mm -hmm. it doesn't, it, it never carried the weight that our now wedding date that we got married does so but it just it it I had no desire to because it's like what's the point you know mm. there there is no point I mean we did the whole power of attorney will healthcare directive you know we did all of that we crossed as many t's and dotted as many i's that we could um mm -hmm. you know to cover our behinds but um but yeah we didn't yeah. have a desire to go do that yeah. So I, what's I, really interesting to me is that, so I mean, you can correct me here, but what I'm hearing you say, I picked up on two words that you said was that you, um, how awful it felt that you were in a relationship that was illegal and immoral. Yep. And I think that sums it up right there is that, yeah, I never, ever thought about it being illegal. Like it yep. wasn't, so that's huge. And that is a huge definition of marriage is that it is a legal union. Yep. So that's a big deal. And Whereas, you know, I would have said not yeah. legal, but it was illegal, you know, crazy. like stealing yeah. illegal murder, illegal granted. I'm going to concur with both of those, <laughs> but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, this thing is not only not legal, but it is illegal. I love that you picked up on that, that we can emphasize. Which it I can blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, because um, I have the privilege of never having to think about that. So to me, for you to get a piece of paper to just show your commitment to someone seems ridiculous because that's it's not going to do that. A piece of paper is not going to um, make you more committed necessarily because we see divorce happening all over the place. We see people cheating all over the place. Like, yeah. so it's not going to make a commitment, but it makes sense to me when you say that it was illegal. That's so degrading, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that makes a lot of sense to me. And then also immoral, like people are judging you and saying this is an immoral relationship. So that's degrading also. Yeah. So I think those are huge things that we need to talk about as a society. Number one, the legality of it, because we want to say that it's a real entity or it's, it, it, um, justifies being seen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then also that, um, again, you know, heterosexual people think they're above others, even we could get into single people. I think a lot of heterosexual marriages even see themselves as better than single yep. people. Yeah. So not only are we better than homosexuals, we're better than single people. And so it just furthers that mindset of immoral relationships, which yeah. we should be more focused on abusive, immoral mm -hmm. relationships, which really mm -hmm. frustrates me is that let's not worry about these people that are, they just want to find their person. They just want yeah. to be happy with their person. Yeah. Let's, let's worry about the people that are being abused. Yeah. 
it's it's low hanging i feel like the whole just attacking and coming up with these baloney laws and stuff it's low hanging fruit it's Mm -hmm. easy it's super duper easy to say hey what you're doing is wrong i want to be able to legislate what you're doing rather than looking at themselves you know Mm -hmm. rather than paying any attention to what they're doing it's always a thousand times easier to deflect you know, it's just low hanging fruit of zero substance. Yeah. Very nice. Another. Oh, oh, go ahead, Rachel. I have a new topic. So if you want to, I just wanted to talk. Well, about- another thing that we had other people talk about is when, when same sex people can't get married, you create an environment where you are um, allowing for people like we need a way for, for same sex people to pair off and live a life paired off together. So it's really cool that you've been with your wife for 23 years or whatever. And, um, it's important for monogamy because studies have shown that monogamous relationships really do are more fulfilling. They are better. We want people to find their person and to be able to legally pair off so that we don't have just the rampant, um, you know, what we see a lot in the gay lifestyles is people, and maybe more with the, the, um, male gay lifestyle is that they're just, um, rampant, um, having sex with all kinds of different people. And just the, that lifestyle is not necessarily working for them. So we need an ability for people to pair off and to live in monogamy and cause it really is happier. And I see that with you. I can see that in you when you talk about your wife and you talk about your life now. That's really cool. Thank you. I think it would be you when you were just talking, I would love, I don't know if there have been any studies done or if we could even remotely get in the same universe, but I would love to know like the percentages of like single heterosexual people and the single homosexual people who are, you know, just sewing their oats or whatever right. you want to call it, you know? And, and, and I think too, it speaks to, it's totally okay for a straight man to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But then we shame a woman who mm-hmm. is, practicing safe sex on the pill, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but doing the same thing. And then we definitely are going to demonize the daylights out of, um, you know, gay people who are doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, granted, of course, Oh, AIDS, something definitely to be concerned about and all that stuff. And let's be safe and all of those things. But I think that also speaks to the, it's okay if a straight white man does it, but Mm -hmm. if anybody else does it, then, oh, you know, tsk, 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 shame on you kind of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that gets into, um, sorry, uh, the the religious aspect of this. And that's kind of what I was, like when Sarah and I first were going down this path, she was like, no, I think this is mostly religious. And I'm like, no, there's a lot of judgmental people that are not Christians out there that do not support gay, the gay community. And, um, you know, for whatever reason that is, but I still think there are a lot of things steeped in historical religion. Mm-hmm. And, and that even though they may not be religious now, I'm thinking that 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 is mostly where that a lot of that started, or mm-hmm. I don't know, we'd still have to keep going, but I find it all these things that you're talking about that, you know, when people, and I will say lifestyle, when people choose to be promiscuous, because I think that is a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I it's think it's a choice choice. It's a choice. Like in my experience, I mean, I don't know who, where it started, but you know, the whole baloney idea that being gay is a choice, you know, let's just flip that around (laughs) and ask a straight person when they decided to be straight. Right. You know, I I mean, why the lifestyle word doesn't, why we talked about that. That's not a good, because it's not a lifestyle choice. It's just life. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. but being mm-hmm. promiscuous is. So Sarah yeah. and I talk about that a lot because so many of the things are, they are sins. So it's mm-hmm. sinful to be gay, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, we have decided, Sarah and I, right now, we are persuaded that, and we have the right to change our mind. We don't really see sin the way a lot of people see sin. Like almost for me, it there, it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's just choices and those consequences to those choices. So yeah. when somebody is making a choice to be promiscuous or to have unprotected sex or, you know, homosexual, heterosexual, whatever, that is going to come with consequences. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you, you know, so I think that's why, and especially in life coaching, I would assume, you know, a lot of our choices put us where we are. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you are, Sarah, when you were talking about that statistic of monogamous relationships, first mm-hmm. of all, we're not in a time anymore where we need multiple people in a family as that we would be married to or whatever, because there's not as much to do. So we talk about back in the past, there were these polygamous relationships because there was work. Somebody had to do the kids. Somebody had to grind the, the wheat, all this stuff. You're yeah. like, yeah, bring more wives. Bring them <laughs> yes. all. I do not want to do that. And we joke about that. And it's like now the monogamous relationship has just less. It's less work. It's less to worry. It's less stress. It's less jealousy. It's mm-hmm. less all of these things. So I can understand that a monogamous, and I love that we should be concentrating on helping people to have happy, healthy relationships with another person. And I love that you guys mentioned the single because I'm single and, you know, I'm not married and it in a relationship, I, you know, I get that thing of being, when I was going to therapy for a while, she would go, why do you want to be married? And I'm like, because I want this. It feels better to say this is my husband than this is my boyfriend or this is my partner or because you don't get that validation and shame society. That is a societal thing that does Mm -hmm. that, that goes, oh, well, because you have that paper and because that, then you two love each other more. Mm -hmm. You're more more legitimate. Yeah. And I'm like, "Um, no, but I do like that you said with the elite, I just wanted to jump on that too, because I'm on board. The I get it now. That makes more sense. But to me, somebody who's um, you know, to have that paper because it was illegal, because it was, because that, yeah, shame on them. Um, and I would love to know, bringing up the religious, like how's that gone in your life? Were you did you grow, did you go to church growing up? Were you how do you feel about it now? Can you take us on a little journey of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was raised Lutheran. Um, a lot of us in that part of the country were, and yep. And for me, because I didn't have any idea of gay or not for me, I had the biggest problem with the idea that, okay, there's, you got God and you're supposed to praise God. You're supposed to, you know, do this, this, and this, or he is going to be mad at you, or mm. he is going to send you to hell, or, you know, he's going to get his feelings hurt or something like that. <laughs> but he loves you no matter what. There were so <laughs> many things mm. that were complete, like hypocrisy and crap. Mm and that made no sense to me it's like okay there's this being that is going to be upset if I wear jeans to church there's this being that is going to judge me and send me to hell for x y and z and I'm like no just just emphatically on principle no and so about the same time I thank the Lord, no pun intended, um, (laughs) found the book, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Mm. And I was broke as a joke at 18, living on my own. And I saved as much money as I could, bought as many used copies of this as I could, because it was the first time that I had ever like been exposed to the idea of a truly loving being regardless of anything else. And it was like, yes, 
this is it. This is how it's supposed to be. It resonated with me. I'm like, I knew that line of crap that I was being served was a total line of crap. It went against everything that I felt in my body. And it, it, it was just so gratifying and it felt so good to, to just have this other version of God be presented. And I, it just, oh, it was like a salve or a really moisturizing lotion to some really dry skin. It was like, mm. okay, yes. And so it had nothing to do at the time. My like, you know, eh, I'm not so sure about this organized religion thing had nothing to do with being gay because I didn't even know I was at the time. It was more like, this doesn't feel like love, but you're telling me it's love. And so, but then, yes, it, it got to be a point, it got to be a thing where the people who called themselves Christians that I was around, they were very anti-gay. And I'm like, well, guess I'm not going back to church and I had tried a couple other church, e churches, even like, um, you know, gay churches or uni, oh, what is it? Unitarian churches, Unitarian. you know, yeah. mm. um, and that was a little better, but really more than anything, I, I feel like I can find, and I use the word universe a lot that feels a little bit better for me, but I feel like I can find that anywhere. You know, I doesn't have to be in church. Um, and I really like my Sunday mornings with my wife and my dogs and we're just sipping coffee and, you know, probably watching CBS Sunday morning and, you know, getting a nice little dose of positivity and stuff. So, but still when, mm. when someone, my experience has been when someone talks about being a Christian, when they talk about their Christianity, my experience has been okay, there's going to be something that's a little homophobic somewhere in mm -hmm. there. And so, um, and so, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely my ears get perked up, you know, mm -hmm. and I kind of sense a little bit for safety and where is this going to go? How is this going to be kind of a thing? So, um, you know, and I, I, I really appreciate more and more, the people who are Christians who are speaking out against the Christians who are homophobic. And there's going to, I mean, obviously there's going to be homophobic people in every religion, you know, and I mean, duh, just do the numbers, do the math, you know, but it just doesn't seem like, like other religions are going out of their way to let it be known. And maybe that's just because most of the people in mm -hmm. our country are Christian. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, right. the numbers, the, the majority there, mm -hmm. you know, so that's, that's kind of been, been it for me. Um, so I don't call myself a religious person. I'm very spiritual. Um, and so, so that's really kind of where, where I'm at with that piece. So kind of in, when people say spiritual, that always makes me think they're just like, I'm just not an atheist. Like there's something out there kind of. Tech. I definitely know that there's something out there, you know, mm. I mean, way too much cool stuff has happened <laughs> way too many. I mean, I don't believe in coincidences, but there's just, I'm here for a purpose. I didn't get here by accident. I mean, just look at our bodies yeah. what our bodies can do you know and mm -hmm. the fact that you know 99.9 percent .9 of the time they just hum along you know and we were given just all of these plants and animals and you know all of these things it's like how can you not think that there's something really mm -hmm. cool out there whatever yeah. you want to label it you know what ever you want to label it. So I, I'm a firm believer that there's definitely something um, out there, but, you know, I, I choose to call it universe because that's what feels best for me. Mm -hmm. I love how, I think probably when you went to the next churches after the ones, even the, in the churches that um, were, you know, 
accepting of the gay community. I think um, who are even practicing, you know, like leaders and everything. Like, it's just not a big deal. It's not even really like a thing, right? Just anybody come in. I think that's what Sarah and I mostly, you know, what we're trying to do with all of our series of Who's Saying Grace is going, the church doesn't feel good mm-hmm. and it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't feel welcoming to many people. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. is that, that practice of here's what we're going to say, then we're going to go out of here and we're going to do a a little bit differently than how we made it presented. So I understand, you know, just even if, even if it wasn't a thing of being accepted or not accepted for the, for, for a life that you're leading or whatever it is, or the path you you're going down, you know, what it, it's not comfortable in church. It just doesn't feel, Mm -hmm. it feels, and, and, you know, the other day I was putting on my stories because somebody will say, well, the church, you know, well, I'll see things that say the church has been the same from day one. I forget there's a whole, ver- like not a verse, but there's a saying that they say. And I was like, um, no, it's not. Because what you just said about the jeans thing, I'm like, people can wear jeans to church. That was bad. That was real bad. Yeah. And so yep. I'm going, you do change. And you do, and guess mm-hmm. what? I love it. Matt was like, you better get on board because this train is flying right now and it is mm-hmm. coming through and it is going mm-hmm. to blow you down. And yep. so, you know, woo, I'm on that train. And yep. and <laughs> Sarah and I are trying to also tell people who went, you know, because we got into this going, I don't want to leave my my Christianity because the Christianity mm-hmm. that I know in my heart is beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I I wanted to find something that felt good to me. And I don't go to church. You know, I know that Sarah and I talk about, like, I've been up to up North to hers, but I like it because it's very logical. There's no bells and whistles and it kept me in my, in my religion. And it, 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 um, invites curiosity. It invites, it invites, you know, and I think that's what Sarah is kind of, she's so open-minded and she's so wanting people to be that even in her church, of going, mm-hmm. wait a minute, if this is what we're saying, and if grace is what we're, you know, the, the, you get to choose your own destiny and you get to let other people choose their own destiny. And yeah. when you still, mm-hmm. but it's that, it's that past that's still in there going, well, well, we're still going to keep, well, yeah. well, well, but, and you go, but, but no, because yeah. if you're saying this and you're saying the law is gone, which is, you know, when we talk about law, it's those rules, the, yeah. and it's so funny, Sarah and I will dig into, we just did a reel that we can't wait to put up because, um, it's got like a lot of these rules that people, well, we're, we're not going to do those because, you know, it's like intermixing fabric. That was, yeah. your, to do that. The, yeah. the way you had no to wear, bacon, no bacon, no bacon. Mm-hmm. And you go through and you go, why'd you choose that? Cause you're, you're getting into a different thing with, and I'm just going to be really crass right now. I know a lot of people have problems with, um, you know, because, um, the, the, the body parts don't go the way they're supposed to go. Right. (laughs) And I'm going, I don't want to know about anybody's body parts from any type of of, of partnership, like private business and stop putting that even into the mix of this, because I don't Mm -hmm. know about yours either. And, And, you know, okay, fine on a romance comedy, you know, that's lovey-dovey, whatever all that is. And I'm glad that we're getting more, um, uh, more gay people in, in our stories like Schitt's Creek because. Oh, thank you. Hallmark too. Yeah. Yeah. We need that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another, that's another question that I have for you, Jen, is like, I, I really don't see very many, um, uh, female, like, um, marriage or um gay females in movies i don't know that i've ever seen one with two gay females i there we're seeing more with gay men you know we had modern family we've got schitt's creek trying to think of some of the others but they're normalizing the male um marriage and um gays but i don't so how does that affect you i mean you I don't know is maybe there's places to find it that I just don't know about, but, um, I just think that you don't, it's not real common to see two females together. 
It doesn't happen all that often. I mean, the main one that comes to mind is the L word, but that was on HBO. I mean, that was okay. All like 99.9% of the cast was, um, were lesbians. I mean, I don't know if they were in real life, but that was the storyline. Sure. Um, and there was, I can't think of the show. My wife probably was there one with two moms. I want to say I've seen one with like two moms or something. So yeah, maybe Maybe there is more when I start thinking about it. I just, but not that's that not many. on my radar. I don't even know so if that really other isn't. one is still, is still running. So yeah, they're, they're just, they're, so it's, it's hard to even see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I love to watch a good romance story. And so, and we'd love to watch our Hallmark movies and get all fuzzy and love it when the couple falls in love and they get married or whatever. And it's just sad that you don't, you don't get that. You don't get well, to have that. What I was saying is Hallmark is creating more. I mean, over the, Sully and I are huge fans of Hallmark Christmas movies. I mean, we are like, <laughs> let's do it. You know, well, I love it. that. We're going to, you've seen the voting thing I do. You got to do that with me this year. Do I you- will. I, you- <laughs> I don't, but I'm okay. here for it. I will tell you later. Off, okay. Off. Okay. Okay. So, ADD. okay. <laughs> But, yeah. um, but yeah, there's, um, there have been at least two that I can think of off the top of my head that were, that had two gay men in it, um, and just more gay storylines to it. So, and even mm. they're bringing in Jewish storylines. So I'm really, really happy that Hallmark is doing that more. Um, so yeah. it's, it's, it's coming. It's definitely yeah. coming. So, yeah. And it's interesting to me. I know we're going to get kickback or at least I will just the fact that why does there have to be a gay couple in it? There's such a minority. Like it doesn't, there's, there's so few of them in the population anyway. Why do we need to, to broadcast it? And so I just find that so interesting that people, I mean, to me, why it not? Speaks, I guess it speaks I, of their phobic they're just yeah. fearful and what are you scared of yeah. I'd like for people to just sit and think to yourself what are you scared of I'm sitting here looking at Jen she looks perfectly normal she's not scary like I'm not a there's no way Jen, Jen. Uh, Jen, yeah. Jen we know you have a you you guys have a secret agenda I just know it I think right. a lot of that I've thought about it and and kind of like bringing in a little bit of what I have learned about the human brain since I've, I'm mm. such a brain nerd. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to become a coach. And that is one of the ways that our brains save energy is by just keeping with, keeping with the same kind of thoughts, because it takes a lot of energy, literally, Hmm. for us to change our thoughts. That's why it's so easy to just keep Mm -hmm. doing what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. And so to attempt to think that, think about something differently, it takes a lot of effort. And our primitive brains Mm -hmm. want you to save that energy for the saber-toothed tiger that could be outside. Mm. Now we know conceptually and intellectually that that is not going to happen. But the primitive part of our brain is 650 million years old. It is Mm. not caught up with 2023. And so it (laughs) wants you to keep thinking what you're thinking, doing what you're doing, because that will save energy. And so Mm. if you have been indoctrinated, if you have been socialized to think and believe that this particular thing, whatever it is, is bad, wrong, or negative, you are just getting into a whole bunch of weeds there because then you're like, you don't want to get kicked out of your pack. Your pack has told Mm -hmm. you something. Who do you think you are to think differently than us? Mm -hmm. You could get kicked out if that happens. And then, well, wait a second. Now, Someone's planting the seed and that seed might make sense to me, but it's going to take a lot of time and energy to think differently. And I got to want to think differently. And Mm. our human brains always want to be right. And we look for things Mm. that prove that we are right. And so for someone to change their mind about something takes a lot of willingness and effort. 
And when you're talking about something as big as a religious belief and something mm. as big and weighted as sexuality, whew, mm. most people don't want to touch that with a hundred foot pole. So that's, I got, I got your reasons. I got your answers as to why people don't want to change that. You know, it's, it's right, right there, true. right there. And, but it's unfortunate because man, we are fun people. Us gay yeah. people, we are fun people and they are missing out on us. Because it doesn't mm. change who a person is. It's no. Like, it no. doesn't. And people, we, you know, when we've talked to other people, it's like they think they're with this whole different person. And I'm like, but you're not. Like, yeah. yeah. Person. And, and just like, I mean, I say this, I cannot wait till it's not a topic. I can't yep. wait because yep. it is going to happen. It is going to happen. Yep. That's the train. I love listening to my daughter's conversations. It's like, you know, and we talked about, it is interesting, you know, when you're a teen, you're exploring and you want to check out things, whether it's drugs, rock and roll, sex, this, and you know, in this generation, it is, oh, am I gay? Am I not gay? I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm going to try it because, yes. it is. and so I think there is like this, hype around it right now to where it would be a point. I told Sarah, I say this to so many people, I want it to be where you almost have to ask because you don't want to start liking somebody because it may be that they can't even look, you're not even, you're not even in the ballpark with me. Okay. Sorry. Like you don't have a chance, zero chance. So because once you start getting those feelings, you know, you like want to have a tiny bit of a shot. And so I hope like, like, you know, I wish sometimes we all wore different things. Look, I am ADHD. I am a little OCD and I love food. I like women. I'm, you know, whatever it is. So we just kind of go, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your own, yeah. your own and thing. I reserve the right to change my mind or, yes. you know, I reserve the right to become a different person sometime too. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's interesting because this one particular um, group that I'm in, it's a, it's an online group and we get together weekly and we just talk about all sorts of things under the sun. And two of the women are, both of them are married to men and they're bisexual. And it's just, even for me as someone who identifies as lesbian, I am like, oh, I wouldn't have known that. You know, because they look quote unquote, like any heterosexual woman. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's just, I think it's wonderful as people are just talking about this more, you know, just allowing it to be okay. They are normalizing it. They are being, you know, more curious, less judgmental. Um, I just, I think it's amazing. Can you imagine the mental health that it would, like, I'm not saying all mental health is going to go away, but the, a chunk of people who mm-hmm. are shunned, who are treated from day, you know, that, that might know early in life that they're gay, that, that trauma and that like the, the gay community would have, cause there's a lot of trauma in the gay community mm-hmm. of how people were treated for so long. Yeah. And can yeah. you imagine the beautifulness that that could take away just what we as, as, as Christians, if you could just be a little bit nicer or a nice. little bit more understanding, a little bit more explored, exploring what your fear really is. And you could treat people and welcoming, truly welcoming, no mm-hmm. matter what, like the amount of mental health that that could save. I don't know what the word I want to say yeah. is, but, you know, it yeah. just, just, yeah. Just, just, yeah, to, to, to dissolve, go, I think, dissolve. Yes. Right. That would, I just saying that to both of you, cause both of you are very, um, into, you know, Jen, Jen is an amazing life coach. You all, we're going to go into that at the end of this. But, um, and Sarah, I know has studied a lot about just what that could do for people's mental health. The well, love. I, I, I don't have the statistics, but the suicide rate mm-hmm. in the gay community, especially in the transgender community, it's ginormous. I mean, the support staggering it it is. And it's so sad. So just the beautiful, beautiful lives that could be saved by, like you said, just being a little bit nice, you know, and again, you know, golden rule. And if you don't have anything nice to say, keep your pie hole shut. You know, just a couple baselines, 
would save so many lives. Make t-shirts. Yeah. Yes. Make t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I, I, I was, I forgot something and then I wanted to circle back to it. We were talking when we were talking specifically about religion and, you know, not verses, but, you know, religion versus spirituality. I think mm -hmm. the thing for me is that in so much of the religion that I experienced, it is somebody else telling you what to think, feel and how to act where mm -hmm. I feel like spirituality is all about coming back to you and helping you figure out what works for you. You're not mm -hmm. outsourcing everything. You are coming back to you, doing what feels right for you, because it's not like we're all going to become, you know, sociopaths or murderers <laughs> or whatever, but, and especially for women, there is such a distrust that is taught to us by society and by patriarchy. And so of course we look to all the things outside of ourselves, but man alive, do we do ourselves a disservice? And I just, I just wanted to kind of make that point that, that I feel like it's such a, okay, with, with a lot of people in religion or some people in religion. Okay. Tell me what to think. Tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And again, it's that because you're saving energy. If saving I don't energy. have to figure it out, just tell me who, okay, let's just be fair. Who doesn't want a manual? Who doesn't want a manual for life? Or I'll take the parenting. Oh, manual, yes, please. exactly. You know, who doesn't want a manual for that? Yeah. We do. But we we really shoot ourselves in the foot and do ourselves such a disservice when we take the quote unquote easy way out instead of mm -hmm. really tuning in and listening more to ourselves. Yeah. 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 I think I, that's I think that what the podcast is about. Yeah. It's so let's um, tell us a little bit about your book and a little bit about your life coaching and where people can find you if they're liking podcast. what they're hearing and you have a podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do. All right. And okay. we'll definitely put links to everything so that um, people can find you. If Yeah. If you're looking if they want to you all, it was fantastic. Even on days when I was like, well, I don't know what we're going to do to, I mean, it was, it was so great. And it was just having a cheerleader in the corner too, which was amazing every day. I think everybody should have a life coach. I mean, it's so needed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you will probably get to where you want to go, but not as quickly and not mm. in a way that feels good. So, mm. um, so I've been doing, I feel like I've been a life coach for a long time because, um, I've been a massage therapist since 1996. And mm. part of, wow. part of the, the joy of people coming in to see me as a massage therapist was them because whatever we don't process, we hold on to in our bodies. And mm -hmm. I've always been a firm believer of if you don't figure out the root cause of something, it's just going to stay with you. So yes, please come see me. I will help you with that knot in your shoulder. But if it's because, you know, you're not dealing with something emotional in your life, I could do all of my bells and whistles and tricks, but it's not going to go away because the root cause is emotional. So stress. Um, yeah, exactly. Stress. <laughs> and we, we just don't know how to adequately process it. There's a really great book mm. called burnout by two sisters whose last name is Nagoski. Nagoski, Emily. Yes. Yep. Yep. Emily and Amelia, book. I think is the other yes. sister. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we, even if we like watch animals, dogs or cats, they both do it, but we, we experience something stressful. And then we think that, um, after the thing is over that we're fine, but we have not dealt with the physiology. We have not dealt mm -hmm. with the rest of the stress chemicals and hormones in our body, but you will see like after two dogs rough house, even if it's just playing, they'll shake it off. 
that is them naturally <laughs> releasing the second part of the stress cycle. So, so in my coaching, um, I, I want to empower people. Like what I was just saying about helping people get back to themselves. I want to help them turn up the volume on their own voices and pay more attention to what's going on inside them because I don't have their answers. No one has their answers, but I have some darn good questions. I've got mm -hmm. some questions that you can ask yourself, some things to think about. And, you know, more often than not, people just need to talk things out, especially women. We are talkers. A lot of us are <laughs> verbal processors. And so we just need that, you know? Um, and so, and, and yes, and being someone's cheerleader is so amazing because we're so used to, because of the brain's um, negativity bias, we can list in rapid fire all the things we did wrong yesterday, you know, or the ways we wish our life was better. But we don't have a rapid fire list of why we are freaking amazing. And so I like to be someone's cheerleader until they start practicing being their own cheerleader. So, you know, a lot of my clients will come to me because they don't know what to do next. They're like, I'm X years old. I don't know what to do next. Or, mm. you know, I'm tired of my mother-in-law talking about, how I'm parenting or my food choices or this or that. So boundaries are a big thing. Um, moms feeling like they're living, you know, sun up to sun down for their family and hello patriarchy. And so it's really just like, where are you at right now? Where do you want to be? Here are some tools to bring you back to yourself and make these little tiny changes that are going to get you there. Because so often we think that we have to make these big, grand, sweeping changes, but we can't because those big, grand, sweeping changes freak our nervous system out too much. And mm -hmm. we will be back to where we were in a flash of whatever, because it's mm -hmm. too different for our nervous systems. And so that's where I like to use the phrase kitten steps. Just take a little kitten step. Because if you think about it, I know no one listening to this can see this, but if you make a 1% change and then go out, that will completely change the trajectory of your life. A 1% little change will change wow. so much, but your brain will tell you in a hot minute that, well, that's not enough. What is, how am I going to feel better by walking around the block? That's not going to do anything. It's telling mm -hmm. you that because it wants you to stay where you are because where you are is safe, quote unquote, and where you are has kept you alive. It doesn't know about this new thing that you want to try. It may have no reference for it. And if your brain doesn't have any reference for it, it is going to do everything in its power to keep you exactly where you are because your brain doesn't care if you're anything other than safe. Mm. It doesn't care if you're happy. It just wants you to be safe because if you're safe, you're alive. So, mm -hmm. I mean, all of these things are just like, just if we know these things, then we can work with our brain. We can work with our body in order to make the changes to get mm. to where we want to be. You know, mm. it's like we have all of these amazing tools, all of this amazing wisdom and guidance in our bodies, mm. but we have turned the volume down. We have, we have hit the mute button so hard, so many times on it that mm. we just need to start listening a little bit and making a tiny little change and it will make all the difference. So 
that's kind of like what it's like to get coached by me. Um, they're all in Zoom calls. Nothing is in person. You can be in your PJs. No showering required. No makeup required. <laughs> um, you know, all the things. And usually we start out working together for 12 weeks. Um, we can keep going. Um, we can, you know, there's just so much variety there. But I like the 12 weeks to start because we've got some things that I want to teach you. And there's some things that, that I want you to have some accountability for that, you know, that you're practicing mm -hmm. and that we're, that we're addressing the little baloney messages that your brain will serve you up as you're trying some new things. So, mm. yeah. Is that in the book, Jen? But Jen, what's your Fabulous. You just... It's so, the cover is awesome. I love it. It's so pretty. Thank you. The inspiration, no one else can see it, but the inspiration is a different tie-dye shirt that I have that's more yeah. colorful. Um, so so the title of my book is the same as the title of my podcast, and that is Reset Your Mindset. Reset your mindset. Yep. So the um the subtitle of the book is how to get your SHIT together by befriending your brain and your body, which I feel mm -hmm. like is the magic combination because we can't just address our thoughts mm -hmm. because how long have we tried that? And how, how far has that gotten us? You know, mm -hmm. not as far as we could go. We have to bring the body back into the conversation or we're just going to keep treading water in the same mucky stew that we're in. So we have to bring the two sure. back together and see how they work together and just practice and have fun with a couple different things. Um, and, and you will get there. You will get there. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Did you have anything else that you would want to add I just want to make sure speak now or forever hold your peace <laughs> oh, um, that, that's a lot <laughs> yeah that you can do the thing you know you can do the thing it's the little tiny steps you know um as far oh I for some reason I feel called to talk about confidence you don't become confident like all at once and then you do the thing you mm. do the thing and then it builds your confidence so like when, when I started my podcast, I had That's a good. great $45 microphone that I found on Amazon. I recorded it using GarageBand and I knew that I was going to sound like a bumbling idiot to start because I get really nervous with stuff like that, but I just did it. So I think I've done like 124 episodes at this point and I nice. still feel like a bumbling idiot when I, when I don't use a script but it's like, I've gotten more confident because I've done the mm -hmm. thing, you know, we think that God or the universe or somebody or Amazon is going to, you know, <laughs> send us this package of confidence and then we'll do the thing. Nope. You got to start doing the thing with kitten steps and then the confidence will come. It's because so, you're, right. you're not praying hard enough, Jen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. My, my thoughts and prayers have been awry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Great for information. Oh yes. my gosh. This was so much fun. You too. So much fun. It was truly an honor to talk with you about these very important things. And, and I'm so thrilled that, that this came to be, that I got to sit and talk with you guys. It was so much fun. Thank you very Good. much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think and, and great. You think of other things that will help us on our journey to help other people with um, understanding yeah. and, and walking away from fears and, and, you know, getting that doctrinated stuff out. We will, we will take it because we, we really want to spread love like that. Yeah. And I'm so glad you are. I think what you two are doing here is so beautiful. It's so important. And it just, it spreads the seeds of love instead of spreading the seeds of fear. So props, kudos, and all, Thank the, you. all the good. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Sarah, where can they find us? Okay. We are, so anybody who wants to make a comment or um, would like to reach out to us with more questions regarding this topic, please, you can follow us, share the podcast. We are on Instagram at who dot is dot saying dot grace. 
So please reach out, send us all the questions. We would love to have a conversation with you. Yeah. Thank you. Peace. Peace.